Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Hey, I'm Michael Blaze. Thanks for tuning in to your Home 360. I hope you're enjoying your weekend so far. Your Home 360 is a show that talks about everything that has to do with your home. So sometimes we cover maintenance issues or swimming pools or roofs or HVAC. And I'm a licensed South Carolina real estate agent. I'm a realtor. So we talk a lot about real estate also. If there's a topic that you'd like to hear me cover on the show, just let me know what it is. Or if you have a question, ask me. 843-327-9454 is my phone number. 843-327-9454. Or you can send me an email to michaelblaze at iheartmedia.com. M-I-C-H-A-E-L-B-L-A-Z-E at iheartmedia.com. It's Michael Blaze, five-star real estate. On today's show, we're going to talk about keeping your house nice and toasty, nice and warm during this cold weather. We'll also talk about paint. Doesn't that sound exciting? But first, I wanted to mention this. So last week and the week before, and as a matter of fact, uh, just a whole lot generally lately, I've been talking about real estate prices. I have a lot of people telling me they're going to wait to purchase real estate. They're going to wait till the price comes down. They're going to wait till the market crashes. And uh, I don't want to be redundant, but I'll say it again. I was watching the news the other night and, uh, you know, their teaser was uh, home prices are dropping. Good news for buyers. And then when they do the story, it turns out that the rate of appreciation dropped 1%, um, you know, from for December. And uh, so that's the rate of appreciation. That's not prices going down. That's prices going up, just not at as fast of a clip as they have been. And I hate when the media does that because they always they don't understand the numbers that they're reporting on. And uh, and, you know, I know they're just trying to do their job, but, um, you know, that's not prices going down. So I don't know if you saw that story or not. Yep. Prices are going down. Good news for buyers. Uh, you know, it only went up uh, 18% or whatever it was. I don't remember what the number was in December, year over year. Um, but you know what? Um, prices are not going to go down. Uh, the, the market's not going to crash. And I know uh, this current administration seems pretty feckless. I know the economy seems like it's in trouble. So I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe bad things are going to happen. And eventually the prices will go down and, uh, you know, and, and maybe even the market will crash. Uh, but there's no indicators of that right now at all. Uh, you know, everybody needs a place to live. People like investing in real estate, whether they're going to live in the property or not. And uh, and we live in a very popular area where there's the population is growing. More and more people are moving here. The economy's growing. And there's an imbalance in supply and demand. There's a lot more demand than there is supply for houses. I had a house on my block go for sale up for sale this week. And 
it lasted less than 24 hours. I mean, they were right on that thing. And, uh, it, and as long as the conditions remain anywhere near the same, uh, the prices are, are going to continue to go up. And interest rates are going up. That could cause a bit of, of cooling in, in demand. And, uh, in, in quite honestly, maybe let's hope so. And because there's a whole lot of people out there that still want to make purchases and they just can't find the properties. So when you consider those conditions, uh, what makes you think that the market's going to crash or their prices are going to go down? There's absolutely no indicators at all of that. So I wasn't even going to go there again because that's that's all I've been talking about uh, lately with people and on the radio, for that matter, on this radio show. Uh, But when I saw that on the news this week, I'm like, oh, man. You know, they tease it with prices are going down. It's good news for buyers. Uh, not really. I mean, it's a little bit of good news uh, that the prices, you know, didn't go up as, as high as it, it, it quite the clip that they have been. Uh, but they still went up. They didn't go down, and they're nowhere near going down. And it's a pet peeve of mine when they kind of report like that. Just like when they use, like, uh, average prices uh, for real estate markets. Take a million or a multi-million dollar house and add or subtract just one of those from the mix. And we have plenty of those around here in this area. And it's going to skew that number. Um, you know, if, if, if you want to know what your house is worth, um, don't count on the area's median price or the area's average price like they'll report in the, in the media. Uh, don't count on the Zestimate from Zillow. Uh, that's just an automated algorithm that has no human input to it. And so it can't consider things that a human being would consider. So a lot of realtors, including myself, they don't mind giving you a price opinion on your house. Uh, You know, you don't have to. And I know people are always afraid that, uh, like walking on a car lot, right? Like, I don't want to do that until I'm ready to make a purchase because we know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, I don't, I guess some realtors, you know, behave in that manner. I don't. I leave you alone, man. Uh, I try to help you out and and be a resource to people, and I'm happy to answer questions. And you don't get on my mailing list, and you don't get on my calling list, and you don't get on my drip campaign. Uh, I leave you alone until you say you need my help again. Uh, you know, I'm not calling you every week, going, "Hey, hey, you ready to you ready to sell? You ready to buy? You ready to hey, you ready to sign here? Sign here? Sign here? Use me." Um, th- that behavior just turns me off. So I understand, uh, you know, why it's so popular to, uh, and also for the entertainment value and, and, uh, you know, the assurance of it going on Zillow and checking out the Zestimate on your property. And, uh, and it's fun. Um, so I, you know, I'm not knocking that process. I'm just saying, if you're, if you're going to make any kind of major decision, don't use that number. Uh, leave that off in the entertainment world for what you do to entertain yourself. And if you need a real number for any reason, uh, you know, contact a realtor. Like I said, uh, almost all realtors will give you a price opinion for free. It's kind of one of those leaders, like I was talking about, you know, the kind of the tease. Hey, you want to, we'll give you a free price opinion. Well, we all will. Uh, you know, quite honestly, or almost all of us. I can't speak for everybody. And, uh, and like I said, I'm, I'm happy to do that for you. And I will leave you alone afterwards, most importantly. Like I said, I'm not going to go out all, uh, all, all car salesmen on you and just uh, bug the living you-know-what out of you. Um, you know, trying to sell you something. Uh, that's not my style. 
843-327-9454 is my number. 843-327-9454. Or you can shoot me an email at michaelblaze at iheartmedia.com. It's getting hot in here. Make it hot, 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 make it hot like fire. So we've been getting some cold weather lately, and I've been having a whole lot of conversations about how to keep your house warm. I can't believe how many people I've talked to that have had HVAC situations over the cold weather over the last couple of weeks. Uh, not being able to keep their homes heated. Usually you hear about everybody complaining when the air goes out in the middle of summer. But for some reason, this is the first year I've ever heard anybody complain in the wintertime like, hey, my heat doesn't work. And I mentioned on the air the other day that um, last Saturday, it was cold out there, man. And, uh, and our heat went out. And, and then I had a couple other people say, yeah, mine did too. And mine did too. And how did you keep your house warm? So I've got a wood-burning fireplace that really, I'll be honest with you, it didn't do much good. At first, you know, all the heat went up the chimney. Now, I grew up with heat-a-later fireplaces in our house. So these heat-a-later fireplaces, uh, they have an air vent on the bottom, air vent on the top. Sometimes they're in the front. Sometimes they're on the sides. Sometimes they have a blower in them. Um, but uh, if not, I mean, the, the natural, you know, the way that it works is heat rises. So even if it doesn't have a blower in it, it will have a vent on the bottom and a vent on the top. And I don't know if this is the proper word for it, but I'll call it a duct that runs in there next to the fireplace. So uh, the, the air warms up, comes in, the cold air comes in the bottom vent, it warms up and rises and comes out the top vent. And it puts heat out into the room. So it's much better at heating a room than a normal fireplace is. So I was used to those. Uh, when we moved in our house, this has got a regular old firebox in there. And all the heat was going up the chimney. So I started doing my research. And I'm like, how can I get more heat out of this fireplace? And that's where I discovered firebacks. So firebacks, they're not a new idea. I mean, this goes back even hundreds of years. They had big iron plates that they put along the across the or up against rather the back of their fireplace and uh, these pieces of iron would heat up and radiate heat out into the room so it was a way to make a wood-burning fireplace more efficient so they still sell firebacks they're still a thing uh, it also makes your fireplace a little bit safer i even found one because my firebox is not too big so i needed uh i didn't have enough room to put you know an inch and a half or two inch thick or even an inch thick piece of iron on the back of the fireplace because it would make the grate stick out too far. And then the smoke was filling up in the room instead of going up the chimney. So I found a stainless steel, a very thin one. And uh, it even has a little rack that it sets on and you can kind of point it out towards the room and it will, uh, it will reflect the heat back into the room. And then I found uh, this, this self-feeding grate and I found one company, I, I believe, this was a while ago, so I can't remember who I ordered it from, but I'm almost sure it's called Great Wall of Fire, G-R-A-T-E, Wall of Fire. So check out those grates. Now, like I said, I have a smaller fireplace, so I actually had to have mine custom made, but they were happy to do it. It took a few weeks, but I called, placed my order, gave them the dimensions, and they made me this nice grate that will last forever. And the best way to describe it is um, it's kind of like, uh, 
a stretched out S, I guess you would say. And so at the bottom, where the grate goes up against the back of the fireplace, that's a very narrow area. And then it kind of swings out towards the room as, the, as it rises up the grate, and then it swings out again. Um, so if you have a big one, uh, they're also called self-feeding. Uh, you know, the, uh, so you start with the, the skinny area back against the fireplace wall, and that's where the fire is. And then as it expands out on the way up, you can load extra logs as it burns down. It'll dump the logs right into it. So it's called a self-feeding grate. Now, the other great thing, forgive the pun, uh, the other G-R-E-A-T thing that it does is with that narrow area where the fire is, it stacks all the hots. So in a normal grate, you'll notice the hots are spread all over the grate and they're they're just go the heat's going up the chimney. It's not reflecting out into the room. So the way these are designed, it's got a very narrow area where the fire is uh, between the uh, and and it actually says that you have to use a fire back because it adds some extra protection and you're and you're having that fire right up against the back wall of the fireplace. So you have the fire back and then the grate against it. You have that narrow area where the fire is and it stacks the the embers up. So instead of being all spread out over the grate and going up the chimney, it stacks them, and then therefore you almost have a little wall of fire. That's why it's called the Great Wall of Fire. And in that reflects out into the room. And then along with that fire back, you really have some heat coming off of that thing. So it used to be where with my fireplace in my house, when we first bought the house, you could stand right next to that fireplace with a fire agent in there and you didn't feel anything out in the room. Now you can feel it all the way across the room if you have a big fire in there. So it works great. So check it out. Uh, check out Firebacks. You can do your research with Google, of course. Check out Firebacks and then the Great Wall of Fire. And I'm not getting paid. They're not a sponsor. I don't get paid for this. I just find that it's a great product. And so much so, I actually custom made one. Uh, and it works great. So check out Firebacks in Great Wall of Fire to try to keep warm this winter. And of course, the best way to do that is with a properly functioning HVAC unit. Uh, you know, with, with mine, I, I was talking to my dentist and he said his, he had a problem in his gas pack. I guess there was a leak in there. Uh, that's something you definitely want to have a professional look at. I don't mess around with anything that has gas, right? I'm not a licensed gas plumber, so I leave that to the professionals. Uh, if it can kill you, um, you know, it's probably smart to use a professional. Some of the things you might be able to do on your own, mine was, uh, from the best I can figure out, it seems to be working okay so far, uh, was the capacitor. So the capacitor on the outdoor unit went bad, and the motor wasn't starting, and so the unit was turning on, and it froze the outside condenser unit solid. I mean, it was a solid block of ice. And of course, it was so cold out, it wouldn't melt. So I'm, you know, I'm looking online, what can I do here? And, uh, and I actually got the thing running again, but, uh, but it was a solid block of ice, so it wasn't producing any heat. You know, it's a heat pump, and then it's got the, uh, the emergency uh, strips in there. Um, so one of the things I learned online was that you can, uh, if it's freezing up like that, you can turn the air conditioning on, reverse the process, and uh, you'll be blowing warmer air out of there. And, uh, and you can melt that ice. Well, it was so cold out, and then it got so cold in the house, there wasn't any heat left 
to to get out of the house. Not to mention, you don't want to sit there with your air conditioning on in the house. I tried it for a while, and uh, it was just frozen so badly uh, that I couldn't get the thing melted. A big block of ice around the whole condenser unit on the outside. So the next day, I was hoping we just you know kept building fires and and slept in the in the living room around the fireplace that night, which was kind of fun actually. And then uh, the next day, I'm like, okay, it's warmed up a little. Hopefully, this thing will melt. Nope. <laughs> Still just a bl- big block of ice. Um, so, uh, you know, I was at first, I was kind of stupid about it. I'll admit it. I was kind of stupid. I, you know, I got my torch out. I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to melt this. I mean, it was horrible. And then finally, I'm just like, okay, hopefully this won't freeze up again. Got the hose out and just kept spraying it down until I got the thing melted a uh, new capacitor in there, and it's been working ever since. So, if it's something maybe simple like that, uh, you can attempt it yourself. Um, but always make sure you know what you're doing. Even those capacitors uh, can give you, can zap you if you don't discharge the the charge out of them before uh, handling them. So make sure that you have a little bit of knowledge. Maybe watch some uh, watch some videos uh, beforehand. That's why Google and YouTube are so great. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can't trust on there, but you can also find stuff that can really help you out. And uh, and if all else fails, call a professional. Or if you think you can't handle the job, uh, call a professional. Some of these companies even have uh, maintenance programs where they come out a couple times a year, make sure that uh, you know they'll uh, uh, maintain your unit, uh, you know, clean out the coils, do what needs to be done, and inspect it and make sure that it's good to go. Now, I've had some property management clients that utilize those services. And sure enough, we had problems with the units anyway. So I can't uh, honestly tell you that it's worth doing that. Um, you know, just make sure you properly maintain your unit. And if you have any problems, uh, you know, if you can't tackle it yourself, uh, then you call these uh, HVAC companies. And I was joking. I mean, there, there's some good companies out there. But I, I was joking with a couple of people I was talking to that lost their heat. They'll always tell you you need a new unit. Ever notice that? Like something's wrong with it. Well, it's getting to the end of its life or it's past the end of its life. And therefore, you should just uh, you should go drop thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars uh, on a new one because uh, it's not worth putting any money into this old one. I, I always disagree with that. It's like I'll keep dumping money into it until it just literally will not work anymore but uh but that's your own personal preference on how you want to spend your money and you know how nice you want your stuff at the end of the day hopefully those problems are solved and uh it's not like it's warm out this weekend so hopefully we can keep the heat on uh, in the house hey if there's any subjects you want covered if you have any questions about anything let me know 843-327-9454-843 327-9454 or you can send me an email at michaelblaze at iheartmedia.com Here's all the new stuff that all the coolest kids are talking about. So one of the trends that constantly changes in decorating and designing is color. So where are the color trends going in 2022? According to an article in Realtor Magazine, medium green cabinetry 
in kitchens is becoming very popular. The use of green is part of a bigger trend called forest bathing. Yup, forest bathing, which means being surrounded by natural materials and spending time among nature to calm yourself. And if you can't get out into nature itself, the next best thing is making your surroundings seem like you're in nature. The Japanese call this concept Shinrin Voku. Everybody needs a little Shinrin Voku in their lives. Nature-inspired shades and textures are turning up in unexpected places, like in cabinetry, appliances, and hoods, says J.T. Norman with Kitchen Magic in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. In addition to the use of green, warm brown, and top tones are returning to popularity as a part of the forest bathing trend. I've always told my wife, you know what, you want to redecorate all the time? If you just wait and leave it alone, it will become back in vogue and will be just fine. Of course, that doesn't go over very well with my wife. And of course, you look like totally out of date, unhip people in the meantime. So not good enough in our household to wait for those trends to come back around. I mean, really, how long does it take, say, for top to come back around? As you just heard in the article, top is becoming popular again. When's the last time it was popular? Probably, what, mid-90s or so? So you only had to wait it out like maybe 30 years or so. What's the saying? Everything old is new again, right? What about colors throughout the rest of the home? Modzi, an online interior design service, conducted a survey of more than 1,500 consumers asking about their color preferences for home decoration. More than a third of survey respondents ranked orange and pink as their least favorite colors for use in the home. We associate orange with things that need our attention, traffic cones and construction signs, which can sometimes be overstimulating in a home. Lindsay T. Graham, a social psychologist at UC Berkeley, told Apartment Therapy. She also said that the color pink has become very gendered, denoting something demure and feminine. And that association is so strong that it feels like a big statement to use it. Would you use pink throughout your house? I actually kind of like little pink houses, but um, I've never lived in one, so I haven't had a, you know, they're pretty driving by. I don't know if I'd want to see that every day. The Modsi survey also found that purple and yellow were also low on the popularity list of consumers using them in home design. Overall, homeowners favored the color blue in home decoration, often attributing a calming effect to the color. The top five favorite colors to use in home decor, according to the results of the survey, are white, green, black, and brown. If you're planning on freshening up the paint colors in your home, Benjamin Moore, Sherwin-Williams, and Valspar all offer online paint visualizers, where you can pick and choose color schemes and design your color choices online before heading out to buy paint. So that's a pretty cool tool to use, and those are highly rated apps. If you would like to freshen up the exterior of your home, a new coat of paint is a fairly inexpensive option, especially if you do it yourself. But what if you have vinyl siding? Uh Uh-oh, you have to replace the siding in order to freshen up or change the color, right? Right? A lot of people don't realize that you can paint vinyl siding. Yep, you can paint vinyl siding with great results. Here are a few tips from BobVila.com if you're going to paint your vinyl siding. Make sure that you choose the right paint. Vinyl siding paint requires a latex urethane paint 
formulated for exterior use. The ideal weather condition for exterior painting is a mild temperature, low relative humidity, and an overcast sky. If the weather's too hot, too sunny, or even too windy, the paint may fail to go on properly. Also make sure that the weather forecast predicts clear skies for at least one day after the paint job is complete. Make sure that the vinyl surface is clean before you start painting. Remove all mold, mildew, chalky buildup, and debris from the surface. Make a cleaning solution that contains one-third cup laundry detergent, two-thirds of a cup powdered household cleaner, one quart liquid laundry bleach, and one gallon of water. Use a cloth or a soft bristle brush to apply the cleaning solution and be sure to rinse off any remaining residue and allow enough time for the siding to dry completely before you get to work. Well, it sounds like work already, doesn't it? In most cases, primer is recommended to make sure that the finished paint job is consistent and has good adhesion. If the vinyl is pitted or porous, it will also help to create a smoother surface. You'll feel like only doing one, but you'll want to apply at least two coats of vinyl paint. After the primer is dry, apply your paint with a roller or a paint sprayer. Evenly coat the entire surface. It's better to do multiple light coats than one thick coat. Let the paint dry completely before applying the second coat. After the second coat dries, inspect your work and determine if further coats are needed. So there you go. You can paint a vinyl-sided house just as easily it may be even easier as one-sided with wood, fiberboard, or brick. It's a great way to freshen up the exterior of your home. A lot of people think they have to make a big investment and reside it if it's sided in vinyl. But it turns out that you can repaint it. Same thing goes for aluminum siding. You can repaint an aluminum-sided house uh, pretty much using the same steps that we just went over from BobVila.com. So uh, don't think that you have to make that huge investment to replace all your siding. If you have aluminum or vinyl, you can repaint it, give it a fresh new uh, coat of paint and a great new look. And remember, same thing as your interior walls. You want to stay away from a gloss paint. You know, you want to use a flat or satin or it's going to show every little imperfection. Not to mention that, but the sun's going to be glaring off of that thing. So stay away from the the gloss paint on the exterior of your home unless you really love that look then go for it be unique be yourself and while we're on the subject of painting i mean the most important thing to me and i think most painters would agree is the prep work uh you have to put the work in before you get to the painting that's the last step the paint uh you know prepping it is is going to dictate what kind of results you get out of it and if you have a, a wood house make sure if there's any kind of peeling paint or anything, you want to get that stuff off of there. Just don't paint over that. Uh, it's pretty much common sense, but sometimes people have to be reminded. And it reminds me of uh, I was trying to make some extra money when I was younger, and I had a friend whose brother invested in, this was before I was in the real estate business, he invested in real estate, and he bought an old schoolhouse that he was going to convert into a couple of condos. And the building was probably, I don't know, 100, 150 years old. It hadn't had a coat of paint in about 50 years, right? So the whole thing, uh, this big two-story building, was all peel and paint. And so he hired me to uh, scrape that thing down. And I had to get up there with a scraper and a wire brush and even a torch. And it was one of the worst 
experiences I have ever had in my life. So I hand it to you guys who paint for a living, especially paint exteriors on some of these old buildings, man. That is no fun at all. I'm just about out of time, but before I go, I want to remind you that the Charleston Home and Design Show is happening next weekend at the North Charleston Convention Center, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. On Friday night from 6 until 9, I'll be emceeing their new awards program. It's called the Charleston Home and Design Magazine Top 10 Awards for Kitchens, Bathrooms, and Outdoor Living Projects. Now, you'll see some great projects in Charleston Home and Design Magazine and what they've done. They've taken the projects, which are the best ones, right? And the ones that were published in the magazine through 2021 are automatically nominated to win the awards. So I'll be emceeing that. We'll be giving out the awards next Friday night. We're going to have beer, wine, a jazz quartet. All of the great vendors are going to be out there. So stop by and say hi next Friday, 6 until 9, at the North Charleston Convention Center for the Charleston Home and Design Show, which is happening all next weekend. So I'm looking forward to that. Hey, remember to download the podcast. If you missed part of the show today or you want to hear it again or you want to share it, you can find it online at 943wsc.com. Just click on Podcasts and look for Your Home 360. I appreciate you listening today. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.